and turn to Exodus chapter 19. Again, good morning. Came in late. We have potluck lunch today. Everybody's invited. Exodus chapter 19 is our text today. We will look at, um, at one other text that I'll have you turn to a bit later, but our primary text is Exodus chapter 19. Appreciate Dave uh, reading for us there in Exodus chapter 20, which talks about the Ten Commandments. Today the title of the sermon is um, A Better Mountain. A Better Mountain. We, of course, already know that the mountains are better than the beach, so it's just a question of which mountain is better. Let's look at Exodus chapter 19, please. Verse 16, would you look there with me? Exodus 19, 16. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai, uh, Exodus 19.18, was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, And the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. We want to look uh, at a good bit of Exodus 19, but that'll be it for just this moment. Would you bow with me in prayer? Let's take even a brief moment of silence. And would you please pray even now as we come to the word of God? Our God and our Father, again, as we think about the, the Lord's Prayer, we help us to never get over the fact that we can call you our Father. Thank you for your word last week from Pastor Ben. We thank you that all of the Bible, all 66 books, all of it is profitable for our encouragement, for our rebuke, for our reproof. So, Lord, help us. Help us to see, Lord, the, the glories of Jesus Christ. Please help us through the Holy Spirit to see how practical it is that the glories of the new covenants and of one mountain far surpass another mountain. Lord, help us to tremble before you. Help us to tremble before you with appropriate fear. Lord, not because we're concerned, first of all, that you will obliterate us, but because uh, we love you. 
and because you have loved us first. Lord, help us now as we sometimes sing, all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Help us in our weakness, we pray, through your word, which is our great rock. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says, For you have not come to what may be touched. This is Hebrews 12. You have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. Exodus chapter 19, um, a better mountain, which is really, it's really too subtle of a way to say it. I mean, it's a, it's a greater, it's a much greater mountain. Let me, um, let me allude again to, to what we were singing uh, when we were just singing uh, page 106, and you don't have to turn there or anything, but let us love and sing and wonder. It's really rich words. So again, what we were singing in verse 1 says this, let us love and sing and wonder. Let us praise the Savior's name. He has crushed the law's loud thunder. He has quenched Mount Sinai's flame. He has washed us with his blood. He has brought us nigh to God. Aaron, can we do verse 2 as well? It says, let us love the Lord who bought us, pitied us when enemies taught us by his grace and taught us, gave us ears and gave us eyes. Is that your testimony this morning? He has washed us with his blood. He presents our souls to God. John Newton, let us love and sing and wonder. Uh, Dave actually helpfully set the uh, context for us. Here we are in Exodus chapter 19. What's called... Uh, this, this book is titled Exodus because, because the event, because the event of the Exodus. So God has rescued and redeemed his people out of slavery to the Egyptians. He's brought them miraculously through the Red Sea. And now it's time for him to establish his covenant with them. They, um, they agree to become his covenant people. It's time to establish the covenant to give them his law. And so we're talking about Mount Sinai. Now, I think it's true. I think it's, I've heard this. I think it's true that for a long time, the second best-selling book after the Bible was, do you know? For a long time, I think it was The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. The Bible has been the number one bestseller, and at least for some, probably hundreds of years, I think, was Pilgrim's Progress was second in line. You know the main character in Pilgrim's Progress? His name is Christian. And at one point, he's on his way to the, to the new Jerusalem, to, to Zion. And at one point, as we all could, he gets off path with legalism. And it says this in Pilgrim's Progress. Listen to this. This has a little bit of older language. So Christian turned out of his way to go to Mr. Legality's house. 
be turned out of his way to go to Mr. Legality's house for help. But behold, when he was got now hard by the hill, it seemed so high. And also that side of it that was next the wayside did hang, over, did hang so much over that Christian was afraid to venture farther, lest the hill should fall on his head. Wherefore there he stood still and knew not what to do. Also his burden now seemed heavier to him than while he was in the way. There came also flashes of fire out of the hill that made Christian afraid that he should be burnt. Boys and girls, he was afraid. This hill is like hanging over him. It's like this, this big cliff, and he's looking up at this cliff. He's afraid it's going to fall down on him. There's this, there's this fire. He's afraid he's going to be burnt. Hence, therefore, he sweat and did quake for fear. And now he began to be sorry that he had taken Mr. Worldly Wise Man's counsel. And with that, he saw evangelists coming to meet him, at the sight also of whom he began to blush for shame. It's been pointed out that, you know, it, it can be easy in one sense to go into legalism. Uh, it's been pointed out that we as Gentile believers, right, uh, you know, we, we need to continue to remember the world stage. We need to continue to remember to pray for this, this war and this great conflict there in the Middle East. But we this morning are predominantly, if not completely, Gentile believers. Not many of us are tempted to go back to Leviticus and to enforce the specific laws. That's not our temptation, but we can have a temptation, nevertheless, towards legalism. And what comes with that is, is judgmentalism. And boy, does it stink. It smells bad. Uh, and again, we all have to search our hearts for this, this judgmentalism, this legalism that we invent. It may not be the rules of Leviticus, for example. But it could be other things that, that seem biblical. That seem biblical, but they're ways that we can feel good about ourselves and look down upon others. Oh, but what we need, church, we need grace, pure, undiluted, Jesus Christ, grace. We need grace to permeate our church and to permeate our lives. Exodus 19, a better mountain. When we look at Exodus 19, the first thing is this. This is not our mountain. Okay? This is number one. This is number one. Are you with me? This is not our mountain. Look at it again. Verse 16. Exodus 19, 16. On the morning of the third day, and we gather this morning because of a, another morning of the third day. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. Think about Pilgrim's Progress, but this is the true story. And a very loud trumpet blast. There's a lot of trumpet here. I, I used to play the trumpet. Louis Armstrong played the trumpet. You're supposed to put those two together. This is not Louis Armstrong. A very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Exodus 19.17 Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. 
And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. Look at verse 20. We haven't read this yet. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, go down and warn the people lest they break through to the Lord. You know, it's like lest they lest they trespass. Lest they break through to the Lord to look and many of them perish. Also, let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, go down and come up, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. What does that mean? Lest he kill them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. The big point, and I want to make, I want to make some sub-points here in just a second. I want to make some points underneath this big point. The big point is this, uh, Crossway, this is not our mountain. This mountain, what mountain? Well, it's, it's Mount Sinai. Uh, this is not our mountain. So why do we need to bother? Look at me, listen to me. I mean, this is the Old Testament's. You might say this is not directly relevant to us, and in a sense, that's right. It's not directly. It is absolutely relevant to us because it is the Word of God. We need to see the previous reality since we also want to notice the new reality. This is the Word of God, so it's absolutely relevant to us. All of Scripture, this is not, this is not our mountain. As fallen people, as fallen people living in a fallen world, we need to learn and to really learn more of the holiness of God. And we must tremble in appropriate fear. We must not presume upon God's grace as fallen people living in a fallen world. Hey, you know the old joke about Presbyterians, the, the chosen frozen. Well, we happen to agree with Presbyterians about the whole chosen thing. Well, we're chosen. Therefore, you know, as Paul sometimes says, grace. So some people say the umbrella of grace is over me. I can. It's okay if I sin a little. That's really dangerous. We do sin daily. But we cannot say we are the chosen people. Therefore, I've got a little leeway here. We should not presume upon grace and we should rejoice in the far, far superior blessings that we have through Christ and the new covenant. That's it this morning. That's it. We should rejoice in the far, far superior blessings that we have in Christ through Christ and the new covenants. Well, we see here clearly in Exodus chapter 19, uh, we see the holiness of God. Okay, I told you I wanted to make some subpoints. This is not our mountain. Let me give you a few subpoints. We see clearly the holiness of God. Look at this with me. Look at verse 3 of chapter 19. Go back to verse 3. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings 
and brought you to myself. And verse 4 reminds us of what? It reminds me of Psalm, or of Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, uh, 30 through 31. You will rise up with wings as eagles. It's a great passage, by the way. Isaiah 40, 30 and 31. He says here, just, we're just going to take a very quick leisurely stroll through this passage. Can we do that? Verse 4, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. He didn't first bring them to a law code. He first brought them to himself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, Exodus 19.5, and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me, verse 6 is very important, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Look at verse 6 again. And I want you just to hear, you can jot this down if you want to, to look at it later. I want you to hear 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. If Peter says to the church, to the church, in 1 Peter 2.9 he says, Crossway, listen to this, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Crossway, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Exodus 19.6 is very important. And through Jesus Christ and through him alone, it is applied by the New Testament to the church. Kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We'll look at verse 7. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And that's, that was their attitude and their actions the rest of their history, right? <laughs> no. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. A lot of this chapter has to do with the mediator, with the human mediator. Listen to me. A lot of this. This is, I don't know, you ever, you ever heard of Sight and Sound Theater in Pennsylvania? You know I married a Pennsylvania girl. I've been to Sight and Sound Theater. It's out, it's out in the, it's kind of in the Amish country. And it's, it's really good. It's a Christian theater. Sight, that's what this whole passage is about. It's an assault. It's an assault on the people's senses. It's an assault on their senses. It's, it's overwhelming. You can imagine some of the people, as you read here, you can imagine some of them literally being close to, if not having, actual heart attacks. And a big part of it is, the mediator, a big part of it is to see the glory of God, yes and amen. It's also to say, this is my man. Listen to him. This, my, this is my imperfect man. This, is, this Moses, Moses is the mediator of the old covenant. And you should see this, and you should see my glory, and you should see that I'm not playing games. When Moses says something to you, Israel, people of Israel, when Moses gives you a message, he is giving it from me. Be quiet and listen. Middle of verse 9. 
When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. You know, if you're here this morning and you're a believer, you need to taste again the truth of the holiness of God. And if you're here this morning and you're not a believer, you need to understand your sin in the light of a holy God. You see, there is nothing, there is nothing that we can do to be in the presence of this holy God without being incinerated, to say it in a certain way. There's nothing that we can do. And so he says to them, he says, he says, go tell Moses, Moses, go tell the people to consecrate themselves. Go tell them to, to take a bath. Go tell them to, to change clothes. Let them wash their garments. Let them be ready for the third day, verse 11. For on the third day, verse 11, on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall, now notice this, you shall set limits for the people all around saying, take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him. What does that mean? That means if a person in Israel touched the mountain where God came down, the mountain in itself is not intrinsically holy. It's holy because of God's presence coming down. If somebody touches the mountain, you can't touch, you can't grab them and say, come over here, we're going we're gonna to do capital punishment. We're going to kill you. You can't even touch them. No hand shall touch him, verse 13, but he shall be stoned or shot. What does that mean? Shot with a 12-gauge? It means shot with an arrow. So if somebody violates this, you don't touch that person. What you can do is you can stone them or you can shoot them. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people. Uh, please look at verse 14. And they washed their garments and he said to the people, uh, be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. What is that? Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. Is that a, a four-year-old boy who says, what do you think about girls? Girls, ah! That's clearly not what he's talking about here. You see what he's talking about. Is he saying that sex or that women are intrinsically bad? No, that's, that's not what he's saying. You see what he's saying. He's not saying that sex is intrinsically bad. He's not certainly not saying that women are intrinsically bad. He says, be ready for the third day. He says, I am holy. He says, don't play games with my holiness. All of this, it's, it's an assault on the senses. I guess there's not taste in this, although you may taste some of the, the ashes or something, but there's sight and there's sound and there's touch and there's uh, touch, feel and, and hearing. It's audible. The trumpet blast. Do you see, dear friends, do you see the holiness of God? Have you ever come to grips? Have you ever come to grips with the holiness of God in your life? Have you? He is holy. Have you ever come to grips with what Habakkuk tells us, that his eyes are too pure to look upon evil? Or do you, are you here today and do you think there's something that you can still do? If I wash my clothes enough, 
if I consecrate myself enough, if I abstain from sexual relations enough, if I do these things, if I set up hedges and fences, again, it goes back to legalism. If I do all of these things and not only have the Bible, but set up rules around the Bible, if I do all, have you ever come to grips with the fact that the holy God, if you enter his presence, all of us are done for. If there's not a mediator, If there's not a mediator, it's, it's not the holiness of God. It's, it's, it's the terrifying holiness of God. It's the terrifying holiness of God. It's not the fear of God's covenant people. It's the trembling fear of his covenant people. This is it. This is... This is Exodus 19. What, why are we looking at this? What is Exodus 19? Exodus 19 comes right before the Ten Commandments. It screams about holiness and fear. The holiness, the terrifying holiness of God and the trembling fear of His covenant people. Verse 16, On the morning of the third day there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. Smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. The holiness of God, the terrifying holiness of God, the the trembling, the trembling fear of his covenant people would be another subpoint here. The trembling fear. Has grace ever taught your heart to fear? Well, he gives the Ten Commandments in chapter 20. He gives the Ten Commandments, which are more literally called the Ten Words. Nine out of ten of these are taken up in the law of Christ and the new covenants. The one exception being the Sabbath. And you flip over to chapter 20, verse 18. Would you do that? Chapter 20, verse 18. Get this. Look at this. Chapter 20, verse 18. Exodus 20, 18. The, he's just given the Ten Commandments in verses 1 through 17. And he says, Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and they stood far off and said to Moses, Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. The people, Exodus 20, 21, the people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Dear friend, I'm telling you again, this God is real he is there and He is holy. And the response of His covenant people is to tremble in fear before Him. Let me share with you something that I thought was helpful. Think about what we've just been looking at briefly. Think about Exodus 19. Think about this here at the end of Exodus 20. Each of the natural phenomena revealed a different aspect of God's character. Each thing that happened, thunder, lightning, trumpet, earthquake, Different aspect of God's character. The thunder and the earthquake were signs of his power. 
The dark cloud was a sign of his mystery, showing that there are aspects of his being that we cannot penetrate. The fire was a sign of God's holiness, his bright and burning purity. I love a fire. Do you like a fire? You know, nobody on a cold night, nobody on a cold night has a fire in their backyard and stands way far away from it. Look at that fire. It's cold. You want to get warm by the fire, so you go up and you get close to the fire. But what you don't do, even if you're roasting marshmallows, is you don't stick your hand in the fire. You get close to the fire, but you also know that fire can burn. Fire both, listen, fire both attracts and repels. We are drawn to its warmth and beauty, but at the same time we are kept away by the danger of its burning. So too we are attracted to the beauty of God's holiness, but at the same time repelled by its power to destroy us. And there is a sense in which you'd never have come to know God truly unless you are in some sense repelled by the power of this fiery God to destroy us. The trumpet signified his sovereignty, for a trumpet signals the coming of a king. When God descended on Mount Sinai, he was given a royal fanfare to signify his kingly majesty. So each of these things signify a different attribute of God. This is very helpful from Phil Riken. We must realize that God still possesses this same glory at this moment. God possesses this same glory at this moment. I've said it 25 times probably in this pulpit, John Newton, him, Amazing Grace, his grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fear. Would you look at 2020? Look at 2020. Exodus 2020. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. Anybody notice anything strange there? Do not fear, for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. This week, make it your aim, not in your own strength, to please the Lord and to walk in holiness before your holy God, to not sin. Not that we will be perfect. How are we going to do that? By the fear of the Lord. He says, don't fear. God's here to help you to fear. In other words, don't fear that he's going, don't fear that he's going to obliterate you. Do have the appropriate fear. Do you see that in the beautiful? Do not fear. God wants the fear of him to be before you. I would simply ask you now to simply turn as we look at this final contrast to Hebrews chapter 12. You can leave Exodus, and I would ask you to join me here in Hebrews chapter 12. Would you please? If I would put it to you in its most basic this morning, it would be this. This is not our mountain, Exodus 19, Mount Sinai. This is our mountain, Hebrews 12. This is our mountain. Thankfully, uh, Crossway, thankfully, as we think about all of this, what was the message of Exodus 19? What's the message? The message is this. Keep your distance. Don't come close. Keep your distance. 
That's not the message that we read in Hebrews. Thankfully, the New Testament God is different than the Old Covenant God. Right? Wrong. Wrong. God is the same. Hebrews 12, 18. And I want you to see this. I've said it to you before. You get into Hebrews 13 and it gets what we think, what we think is really practical, and it is. And you get at the very end of Hebrews 12 and it's what we think is really practical, and it is. There's nothing more practical than this. Hebrews 12, 18. Can we just summarize everything that has been said this morning and let the Bible summarize it? Hebrews 12, 18, for you, Crossway, are you a believer in Jesus Christ this morning? Are you trusting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ? For you, you, Hebrews 12, 18, have not, you have not come to what may be touched. Remember the title, A Better Mountain. You have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sounds of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. People love animals. You've even, even Fido, even if Fido breaks through and touches the mountain, killed. Indeed, verse 21, indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. He says in verse 18, you have not come to what may be touched. People said, no more, no more. And God, God was in essence saying, keep your distance. And in the gospel, in the gospel, in contrast to the law, in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, because, listen to me, we have a better mediator. It's not Moses. All of that in Exodus 19 in one sense was, this is my man, you better listen to him. We have a better mediator. We have a better priest. We have a better covenant. We have a better mountain. And in the gospel, he says, draw near. In the gospel, he doesn't say, you better stay away. He is the same. He has not changed. But in the gospel, he says, draw near. Only draw near through the mediator. Dear friend, there's one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. It's not Moses. We have a better mediator, a better priesthood a better mountain, a better covenant. There's a new law. Hebrews 7, there's a new law. Verse 22, Hebrews 12, 22. Not that, but this. Not that, but this. What are we, like 80 people here this morning? go to Raleigh and go to a church with 1,500, you know, that'd be more impressive. The new covenant realities are stupendous. But you have come to Mount Zion. You, Crossway, you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering 
and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God who has not changed. He's the same God, Old Testament and New Testament. The judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And to cap it all off, you've come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. In verses 22 through 24, what's the climax? What is ultimate? What's ultimate? It's the last thing, verse 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood. A better mountain. A better mountain. I mean, you could go on to verse 25. If We're not really going to linger here long. Just look at verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. You better not come near if you touch the mountain or if your beast touches the mountain, immediate death. It's different today. It's different. He warns. Who warns? Christ warns from heaven. He warns from heaven. At that time, verse 26, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates, verse 27, are you looking at it? The removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. God, open our eyes to these new covenant realities. There's no comparison between between what? Mount Sinai and verse 22, Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. And it's all centered on the Lamb whose blood was shed and slain for sinners. Can I give you Riken again? Would you just listen to this? I know it's been long. Listen. The contrast is absolute. It is the contrast between the law and the gospel, between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. One mountain was dark and stormy. The other is a city of bright and shining joy. One mountain was a place of fear and danger. The other is a place of peace and safety. On one mountain, the angels blazed with fire and blasted with noise. On the other, they form a welcoming party for a celebration. One mountain was designed to keep people away. The other was designed to draw them close. What makes the difference? God hasn't changed. The difference is that when we come to Mount Zion, we are on the right side of God's justice. Believer, believer, is that you this morning? Are you a believer? The difference is that when we come to Mount Zion, we are on the right side of God's justice. Take to heart verses 25 through 29. Take to heart verses 25 through 29. But 18 through 24, if I can dare to even say it, are better in one sense. I am a mountain person more than a beach person. I like them both. 
I'm so grateful. Let us be grateful for this mountain that is far, far superior. I can't touch it. I can't. I, I like stuff that I can see and touch. You haven't come to a mountain that can be touched. You have come to Mount Zion the city of the living God, to the heavenly. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But also remember that it's only through Jesus Christ that anybody, Jew or Gentile, will be saved. And the church has come already. The best is yet to come, and we're already partaking of it. Already? May God help us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the book of Hebrews. Thank you that Jesus is better. Yes, Lord, please help us to heed the warnings. Help us when Hebrews says over and over and over again, stay with Jesus. And and like John Bunyan would say, don't listen to Mr. Worldly Wise Man. Lord, please help us not to listen to Mr. Worldly Wise Man. Help us to run from worldliness. And again, not listen to false teachers, even though they may seem appealing. So, Lord, help us to heed the warnings, but help us to come back over and over and over again to Jesus Christ and to his cross because Jesus is better. We thank you for a better mountain. We thank you for a better mediator than Moses, a perfect mediator. And we thank you for his shed blood. We pray in his name. Amen.